Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the program for the leaders in the Church of Christ. This is Andrew Cook. It's great to be together once more. Christian Basics, more from Dr John Hall. Last time in our Christian Basics series, we began to look at the solemn Bible teaching about hell. It's the most sombre truth, but one we must consider carefully for three reasons. First, so that we are faithful to God who's given us this teaching. Second, to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ who died to save sinners from hell. Third, to ensure we ourselves and those to whom we minister do not go there. At the end of our last programme here on Serving Today, our guest Dr John Hall concentrated on the teaching of Jesus about hell. Derek French has spoken to John again for us and simply asked him where we're going to begin this time. Let's now turn to what the Apostle Paul teaches in 2 Thessalonians 1. These Christians were undergoing trials and persecutions. And in verse 5 Paul writes, All this is evident that God's judgment is right, and as a result you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just, and he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you, and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He is referring here to the Lord's second coming and the judgment. And what will he do when he comes from heaven in blazing fire? He will punish those who do not know God and who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, neglect of this gospel message is utter folly. Utter folly guarantees your rejection and judgment on the judgment day. And what will the punishment be like? Verse 9. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marvelled at among all those who have believed. This includes you. Now could Paul say that of you, listener? That you won't be punished because you haven't neglected the gospel. You've obeyed the gospel and come to Christ. And so... When he returns, you will be glorified together with Christ and you will spend eternity marvelling at him. The contrast couldn't be greater. Torment, being shut out, destruction compared to glory and light and life. Surely now is the time to trust Christ. You see again that passage in Thessalonians, the two groups Believers in Christ and his gospel. They're suffering now, they're despised now, but they enter life. The rejecters of the gospel are deprived of God's favour, shut out from his presence, experiencing everlasting destruction. Well, just two more texts which Derek will read to us now from Matthew 8 and 12 and Revelation 21, 8. In Matthew we read, The subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In Revelation 21.8 But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, 
the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars. Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulphur. This is the second death. So in summary, with resurrected bodies, unbelievers will be cast body and soul into fire, torment, decay, and it will be forever and ever. John, we're told in Hebrews 9.27 that a man is destined to die once and after that to face the judgment, a judgment that's certain and which no one can escape. What difference should that make to us now while we are alive on earth? As I've said over and over again, Derek, we must seize hold of the opportunity we have now to trust in Christ and be saved. Please read 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favour I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour, now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of salvation. You know, listener, you're immensely privileged. You are hearing today about the Lord Jesus Christ who through his life and death on the cross can deliver you from the most terrible condemnation and torment in hell, which we all deserve because of our sins. But the good news is this, that salvation is free. It includes all who come to Christ, and no one who comes is turned away. No one who truly believes perishes. So the need is to come and trust in Christ now. The contrast is stark. There's a heaven to be gained, which is lovely, glorious and free, completely free to those in Christ, and a hell of torment to be avoided by fleeing to Christ. John, like ourselves, we've already trusted Christ and there are many others who've Mm. done the same. How should we respond to the terrible plight of the wicked in all that we've learned? Well, Derek, as we've seen, to be outside of Christ means hell. Not to hear the gospel means hell. Not to believe the gospel means hell. Therefore, if we love our fellow human beings, we must take the gospel to them. We must have soft hearts towards them and plead with them to be reconciled to God. Derek, could you read 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21? We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Paul saw himself as being in the world as Christ's ambassador. And so are we. We represent our Lord Jesus Christ. Our job is to take Christ's message to the lost. And like Paul, we must implore or urge or plead with them that they might be reconciled to God through the cross of Christ. John, that's a specific thing believers should do, to seek to point the lost to Christ. 
But what about our own personal lives as Christians? How should the coming day of judgment on the ungodly affect us? And perhaps I could add, what's the fundamental difference between the judgment of the Christian believer and the judgment of the unbeliever? Yes, Derek, there's an urgency now for us to live well for Christ. Although we're Christians and our sins are forgiven and we're clothed in Christ's righteousness and assured of heaven, still everything we do this side of glory has significance. The difference between the judgment of the Christian is that he's saved and goes to heaven because of what Christ has done. But how he lives is still important when it comes to God's judging him and his place in heaven. For the unbeliever, just the simple fact of his unbelief guarantees hell, however he lives. It doesn't matter how he lives if he doesn't believe in Christ. He can be the best person the world has ever known, but he will fall short and go to hell. Or he can be the worst person the world has ever known and he will go to hell. Maybe the torment will be greater, but he'll still be there. Unbelief is perhaps the greatest sin to be avoided at all cost. But let's now look at the need for Christians to live well and to pursue holiness in the light of heaven and hell. Please read now 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. Paul is saved by God's marvellous grace, and yet he sees himself in a race and wants to run well, and therefore he disciplines himself, seeks to live that pure and holy life that God desires. Because you remember that Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. He's so keen to heaven that he focuses on that and presses on towards it. You remember what he says in Philippians 3, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. He's pressing on, straining to serve God well, living up to what he's already attained, not slipping backwards. And that's what we must do. We must be like him. For he says, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. And finally, Derek will read 2 Peter three fourteen. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him. Peter there is describing the new heaven and new earth, the home of righteousness. We Christians are looking forward to that. And so every effort must be made now, on that day, to be found spotless, blameless and at peace 
with the Lord Jesus Christ and with God the Father. So we've seen judgment, heaven and hell means three things. Be sure you are trusting in Christ. Nothing is more important than that. Nothing is more urgent than you turn from your sin and trust in Christ. But if you are a believer, two things to remember. Love your neighbour and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And live well now. Pursue holiness, be holy, and press on heavenwards and be like the Lord Jesus Christ. John Hall's two-part conclusion is a challenge to both new and indeed much more mature believers as well. Knowing the solemn reality of hell from which the believer is already delivered should stimulate us to point others to Christ, urging them to trust him for salvation. While knowing about the glory of heaven for which the believer is destined should stimulate us to live in such a way that we please Christ as we seek to grow like him more and more. A holy life demonstrates that the gospel of Christ really does save sinners and is a tremendous base from which to urge others to follow Jesus too. So as we end our time together here on Serving Today, this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May we indeed seek to bring glory to our Saviour. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. There are a number of ways to get in touch. Our email address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk. Find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. Or you can search our web catalogue at www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.